HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Mood Magazine, a new international quarterly publication about music and food. For more information, visit moodmusicfood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We have a very special show for you today. I'm extremely, extremely excited. Uh, someone who's been very influential in my own education about wine. Um, the author of the newly released World Atlas of Wine 7th edition. If you have any of the first six editions, congratulations to you. Uh, it is time to update your collection and get the 7th edition. Uh, we have Jancis Robinson on the show, uh, along with uh, writing the World Atlas of Wine with her co-author Hugh Johnson. She's the wine correspondent for the Financial Times. She has the uh, website JancisRobinson.com. I find that um, always comes up in my my Google search. Uh, <laughs> right, well done on Good. that. Good, um, and even updating Jancis Robinson right before the show. So, uh, and and the uh, the book Grapes was released. Wine grapes. Wine grapes last year, profiling over thirteen hundred grapes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few more from in the nineties when you, uh, which I also still own <laughs> the uh, wines, grapes, and vines. Um, quite a bit of an update. Anyway, chances. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm it's so fun excited. to be here. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you. Um, well, I so I, when when I am doing wine research, I go to you. I when I when I'm researching to uh, for for a class I'm about to teach. When I was studying for the WSET diploma, and when when for a short time I thought I might want to do the the Master of Wine, I would always go to, to your to your works, um, especially now. Uh, where do you go for research? <laughs> How did you put this together? Because you couldn't look at the 7th edition before it was uh, <laughs> No, no, created. no. No, and I, of course, I suppose one, um, that my biggest reference book you haven't mentioned, I don't think, the Oxford Companion to Wine. Oh, of course, the Oxford Companion. I've actually purchased multiple copies of that because my I've used it so much that they've been tattered <laughs> to pieces. Well, of course, none of these works is a, a solo effort by any means. Um, uh, obviously, with the World Atlas of Wine, I just 
started to help you with the fifth edition. I had nothing to do with the first four. Um, and we have, to put these things together, we have a network of informants around the world and they pass on what they've observed about their region. And what's quite funny is that how, how much uh, overlap there is. They, they always report trends as though they're distinct to their region, but they, they usually mirror th- things that are happening everywhere. And the same is true. I've, I've got a wonderful team um, on everything that I do. I, I used to be a control freak and say I would never, ever employ anyone. I would always do absolutely everything myself. But in my mature years, I'm learning to delegate, which is very nice. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of these trends, um, some that, that I noticed in, uh, you know, I, I I did not have a chance to read the not Atlas every word <laughs> cover to cover. It is a quite the tome, uh, dense with, with maps and incredible information. Um, but uh, some of the things that that I did notice in my reading was uh, a, a movement towards more transparency towards the of the geography and more the expressive side. wines, less um, uh, you know huge blockbusters that really show off winemaking more than vineyard. I think we're all moving more to a reverence for the land, aren't we? And and wanting to hope we can get to grips with the character of a vineyard by how it tastes rather than smothering it with oak, say. Yes. And are you finding that this is even true in newer regions that are sort of finding their way? Oh, yes. I would say it's a, it's a definite trend almost everywhere. But perhaps in the Napa Valley, there are still still people who don't believe that who who are still looking for the powerhouse in their wines. Yes, I love you had a, a line here that was, we're moving away from wines that are massive just for the sake of being massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that that's fantastic. And then new new regions that you're, you're oh, looking at? Oh, new regions. Well, so the wine world has been expanding so rapidly and newer regions are now making their presence felt um, abroad and exporting that we had to do um, 25 new maps for this seventh edition of the World Atlas of Wine. Um, and of course, I mean, the, the spread of where vineyards is planted has changed too, as climate change opens up whole new regions. I mean, who would have thought that Scandinavia would be having vineyards, you know? <laughs> uh, but I had a, quite a decent um, ice wine from Sweden the other day. And Belgium and Holland, and ob- obviously England, have um, their own really pretty well-established wine industries now. But then there are places that used not to be wine producers and are getting in on the act. China mm-hmm. is an obvious example. You know, um, it's very recent that China's produced great wine. And now, according to the official figures, China ha- has the sixth biggest area planted with grapevines in the world already. Wow. And I, I was well aware of, of China producing wine, but uh, surprised to hear you say that Ch- China produces great wine. I don't think I ever said China produces uh, great wine. It, just, it does okay. produce drinkable wine now, okay. <laughs> which is a big, big advance from when I first went there in 2002, when you were really struggling to find mm-hmm. decent wine. Um, I go every two or three years, and just recently I've noticed the proportion of drinkable to good wines has dramatically increased all right we're still not talking great wine definitely not a great deal of wine oh a great deal of wine (laughs) and we're working towards (laughs) working towards that well that's fantastic and then uh two of the regions that that uh right 
forefront in your in your uh, introduction, um, Kakheti in Georgia and yeah. the coast of Croatia, two places that I've been to recently. I was surprised to see them right up there. Yeah, you're lucky. I was meant to get to Georgia. I've never been to Georgia. My wonderful colleague, um, Julia Harding, has recently, and she was most impressed. And Hugh went ages ago, my co-author of the um, World Atlas of Wine, and he just loves it. And And as I understand it, wine is absolutely an inextricable part of Georgian culture, right? I mean, they don't entertain without millions of toasts and, and all that. And, of course, they make it in such a bizarre, traditional way, don't they? Quite unlike anybody else. Yeah, they, the, the Georgian meal is extraordinary. Yeah. There's a, a tradition of, of piling plates on top of another so that you don't <laughs> see the table. And then one person is, is dedicated as the Toastmaster. And then throughout the meal, they'll, they'll stop and give these, these beautiful, long, heartfelt toasts. And, every, and uh, there's just some of the most talented orators in, in Georgia. It, it's extraordinary. And, um, and the wines are fascinating as well. And absolutely unique, aren't they? They've got their own interesting indigenous grape varieties, um, as well as the making wines in clay pots, which they bury. I mean, who else does that? Although people are starting to copy, aren't they? Just an experiment. And I would say another of the big macro trends that I spotted for, uh, well, I spotted it, came hurtling towards me, um, preparing this seventh edition was pretty much everywhere is moving away from, it's a little bit bored with the big international grape varieties Mm -hmm. and wanting more diversity uh, wanting to rescue indigenous grape varieties and celebrate them and realizing that that will put a region on the map because nobody else for the moment has those varieties. And if they're in um, a place like Australia, which doesn't have centuries and centuries of, of viticulture to fall back on and go and explore ancient indigenous varieties, really put in the effort to import cuttings of what they call alternative varieties, just widening the mix, you know. Yeah, and I think that's that's in line with the ancient history of wine, where grapes would be kind of decimated all throughout. It's it's, it's so interesting to think that in in our modern history, people have stayed kind of with such sm- a small amount, really of narrow range, wasn't yes. it? I think it reached its nadir in about the mid nineties. Um, I'm I've I made a television series for the BBC around the world called Dances Robinson's Wine Course, and I, the last bit was me standing in a Chilean vineyard saying, I have seen the future of wine, and it's called Cabernet and Chardonnay. (laughs) I remember this so distinctly, you saying this, and I was going to ask you about it. The first time that I ever watched that was at an NYU class uh, with Linda Lowry in her beverages class, and and she played uh, the series for us, and then I I purchased it on on DVD. Um, That is, to to this day, some of the only... uh, wine tv that i that i know of it's true i mean the it's partly i think because wine unfortunately unlike food and cooking doesn't naturally lend itself to a television treatment because the sad truth is nothing much moves in wine i mean cameramen get to a winery and make a beeline for the bottling line which is the most boring thing for most of us but for a cameraman it's heaven because at long last there's something moves a little bit more than the wind blowing a vine, you know, or a mm-hmm. barrel being rolled. Also, it cost a heck of a lot. Uh, we filmed it, so we ha- you can imagine how many silver boxes we had to um, unload every time we got to an airport. We went all around the world. Um, and I think no one has sort of 
bit the bullet and to make that investment again. I want more. <laughs> well, have you got a million dollars, preferably two million dollars, <laughs> to invest in Series Two? I'd be yeah. very grateful. Yes, I will. I, if I do, I, w- I want you to do it. I want more. You're uh, very kind. Yes. <laughs> what I ought to do is silly because I think, in a funny way, I think, I think I've probably made more. TV programs about wine than almost anybody because I did quite a few series before that as well and I've, I used to do something on the Food Network and various other things. I really ought to do more videos on my website, oughtn't I? Uh, it's just a question of the hardware and the time, but I will. Yes, I will. and I mean, it's becoming more accessible as well. We, uh, it, we've, had, we've had the hardware in, in our group and we, we worked with some videos, uh, but then just didn't make the time for it. And you can, the, the equipment is so much smaller now. It's getting smaller and smaller, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You should do it. I you must, I must, I must, I must. Yeah, <laughs> note to self. <laughs> um, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the the grape trend because this is something that, as someone who comes from an Italian wine uh, background, that that would be me. Uh, that I'm, I'm particularly interested in. We have we really focus on those indigenous grapes. In and Italy. you, as an Italian um, son of Italy, should be very proud because when we researched wine grapes and um, decided we'd concentrate only on those grape varieties making wine commercially that we could find. Uh, it certainly was the case that Italy had the most. Yes. Yes. I've been saying it, and I'm <laughs> glad to hear that it's true. <laughs> and I would also say that Italy has the most people um, researching old grape varieties and, and you know, propagating them and micro-vinifying them and multiplying them. And, and so I'm quite certain that if we do volume two, edition two of wine grapes, we'll probably increase the total number of varieties from, I think, 1,368. Probably it'll be close to 1,500 in in a few years' time, I think. Wow. So when you read of these estimates of Italian grapes being anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 indigenous grapes to Italy, uh, are most of these non-commercial? Are these... Yes, yes. uh, Oh, yes. Um, And and some of them, um, I'm sure, make wine so dull that, you know, it's not just the fact that it's an unknown grape variety that's enough to make an exciting wine. Uh, and also, of course, still, there are some varieties that uh, whose grapes are much more suitable for eating. Yes. Or raisining, making dried grapes. Um, but uh, no, the, Italy definitely has diversity. And, of course, it's got the terrain, you know, back to geography. But um, Italy's the very... Italy's got more varied terroirs and climates, I would say, than, say, France or, or even Spain. I love hearing you say that <laughs> uh, because that, that, is, uh, that is my line often. And so uh, it, it, it feels good hearing, uh, hearing Jancis uh, say that. So tell us a little bit about how you spend your time because you have so much going on. <laughs> it is extraordinary to think, uh, I, you know, Gabe, uh, who's the chef, and Catherine, our pastry chef, and I are working on our first cookbook and it takes an extraordinary amount of time uh, but there is nothing near the kind of information that you see in the world atlas of wine <laughs> in our in our little cookbook uh, between the books and and the the column on, and uh everything that you're, you do mm. how, how do you how do you spend your time well i certainly have lots of help as i said um i am i was born on a saturday and there's a, a nursery rhyme in britain which is says um Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for their living. And I am a bit of a workaholic, I have to admit. And I couldn't do everything that I do now 
say, if my children were still young. And I, I couldn't, pos- I don't see how anyone manages to have a daily updated website and young children. That would be really tricky, I think. Um, I, I sort of get closer and closer to deadline every single time. And, and I, I sort of fall back on the thought, well, I've always managed it in the past, so I suppose I'll manage it this time. But probably one of these days I'll get caught out and miss a deadline. I, 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 you still have I, never missed a deadline? Uh, I sometimes go over by a day when I know it doesn't matter if I've gone over by a day. (laughs) And in the past, I think publishers used to give me deadlines sort of three months ahead of when they really needed it because most people missed by three months. And then they realized I'm a bit obedient. So they give me a more realistic deadline of when it really is due. Um, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. I do have a life, actually. I never work at night. Um, I'm very lucky. My, I'm married to a restaurant critic, the restaurant critic of the Financial Times. So we have lots, I mean, lots of friends, lots of family, love entertaining, love being entertained, love eating out. Um, so occasionally even do something unrelated to food and drink. Uh, so I do definitely have, have a, a good evening life, but during the day, I do work pretty hard. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to hear when uh, we had our, our little uh, pre-show interview. It's a chance so the 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 interview is going to be at Roberta's. It's a restaurant. In, yeah, I know Roberta's. I've been there. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that. What are some of your favorite restaurants in, in New York? Well, I must say, I think... Um, I mean, all of the sort of Danny Meyer group are just up my street. You know, yes. they're comfortable. They have great wine lists and lovely staff and delicious food. So what's what's not, what's to, not like, to like, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's my style, I think. I, I'm not a great one for, you know, ticking off the, the fanciest, the three-star, the formal, um, the multi-course and all that. Um, actually, our son's just become a restaurateur, so... Um, He's got the Quality Chop House in London. And that, of course, is my favorite restaurant <laughs> at the moment. Um, in New York, uh, what else? Um, well, the scene changes the whole time. It's impossible to keep up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably, if I said any more, uh, they probably don't exist anymore because they'd be from a previous visit. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And I want to hear from you how the scene has changed since the last edition of the World Atlas of Wine um, just five or six years ago and uh, apparently has changed quite a bit. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Jancis Robinson on In the Drink. What's Mood? Mood is a quarterly magazine about music and food. For its creators, not many things can beat a good record and a delicious meal. Maybe a well-written story or a gorgeous photo. Well, that's all in Mood. The magazine looks at music and food in a cohesive and unique way, with a keen eye to design and high-quality writing. Its contributors are located around the globe, and the stories span accordingly. Check it out today at moodmusicfood.com. That's moodmusicfood.com.
you're lazy But you just might find It's them that's crazy Just raising them rats I'm making dough get fat Hanging up their hands we're back on In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, here with Jancis Robinson and um, holding her beautiful new book, The World Atlas of Wine. Uh, we were talking a little bit about some of the macro trends that uh, have happened since her last edition. Um, but something that I'm really interested in is uh, we're just chatting actually over over the break. Some of these new countries that that you're featuring. In the sure. Book. Well, you mentioned Georgia and Croatia is really making more of an impact mm-hmm. now and has some really distinctive wines as well. Uh, Turkey gets its own special treatment this time because uh, that's a really interesting um, wine producer that's um, getting more, starting to export more. Again, probably because it's close to the cradle of viticulture where wine was first made, it has, like Georgia, its own range of really interesting indigenous grape varieties, each one making wine distinctly different, and a huge variety of terrains. You know, you've got the sort of European bit and then you've got the Mediterranean coast, and then this amazing Cappadocia and um, inter- freezing cold in winter kind of thing. Um, we've introduced a map of... Um, uh, we've extended the Douro. Um, we've got uh, northwest Spain in detail, you know, Galicia and just over the border in Bierzo, which is making so many great wines, I think, things like Valde Oris and um, Ribera Sacra and things like that. It's totally unlike... Everyone's stereotype of Spain being hot and dry. It's actually rather green and wet. Um, the amount of wines that, that we've been seeing just since we opened up our, our wine bar in Fora in, back in 2010 from that particular area, it's just a huge increase, a flood of those wines. Sure. Right? Uh, we, For instance, in, in sort of outside Europe, we've, um, we've added um, Mornington Peninsula in Australia that makes mm-hmm. nice copies of Burgundy, really. Uh, we've add, we've extended lots. We've added Baja California in Mexico, which now has a bit of a wine culture. Uh, we've added a whole two pages on Virginia, believe it or not. Um, and one that perhaps you will be interested in, Etna, which, very, you know, there's some lovely wines coming from those old sort of um, terraces on, on ancient lava uh, on the, vol- the cone that is the volcano of Etna. And just the shape of the vineyards, the map, the vineyard area there, really makes the point of how how important exposition is. It just goes around in one little sector, you know, where you get sufficient sunshine to ripen the grapes and everything's in the right Yeah. And certainly you think that in that, that northern hemisphere you you want to be on you think, Oh, we should probably be on the south side of Etna to get the sun get the sun. But it's really the northeastern side that has those yeah. best vineyards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't want to get it too hot, do you? Yeah. Oh, that's that's right, because we're down in Sicily. Yeah. I think that some of the most interesting places uh, for 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 wine emerging in the last few years have been on these volcanic soils between yeah. Santorini. And the yes, I love Asiatico and the yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> so we actually have a question um, from at Demi Love. Uh, this is a question for Jancis. Do you think that the next generation of wine drinkers will find and nurture their own classic varieties, or will they drink more as their parents did? And I assume that question refers to grape varieties, don't you think? I would think yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, I, 
Well, I think you can already see that there are certain wine, certain grape varieties that are sort of hot among what you might call the New York Somme clique, such as you and, the, and your pals. Uh, you know, Trousseau, for instance, seems to be a bit trendy and Poulsard. And, and that's more perhaps of a Jura, a regional thing than a grape variety thing. Uh, I, I would be surprised if it really if grape varieties ended up being segmented in terms of generation, quite honestly. I think it's a question of just getting them in the market, sharing them with everybody, and and most people will like them. I don't see why a son would like a trousseau, but the father wouldn't. But, of course, as far as creating trends goes, it does tend to be done by the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd have to agree with you on that. Mm. Um, And let's see. Okay. Um, and Jancis, let's... <laughs> we have... I'm just so baffled. It's the first time we've had a question in a long time. I don't know <laughs> if I'm supposed to answer and, and give my, my opinion as well, but it's definitely... Uh, that's definitely a question for Jancis. <laughs> but thank you. And please, yeah, keep keep the questions coming. Uh, we, we love them. It's a fun way uh, for us to uh, for us to interact with, uh, with, with you guys. Um, what is in store for you next? Do you have any other books coming out? Is it a maintenance of the, of the website and financial times? It's uh, sure. Yeah. Daily maintenance of chancesrobinson.com or weekly feeding of financial times. I write a bi-monthly column that I syndicate a bit. Um, books I'm have, I've started updating the Oxford companion for its fourth edition. So perhaps we can meet again in two years' time when that I, comes out. I would love that. You know, yeah. and when I was uh, when I was back into more serious studying about wine, I always found that um, I had a hard time understanding maps. I, I liked looking at them, mm-hmm. but when it came to really understanding them, I had a hard time. But your your maps are, are beautiful in here. And I'll tell you something: they look even more beautiful on the iPad version of mm-hmm. the World Atlas of Wine because there you can zoom in. You know. You can zoom in and see every detail of the maps and the labels. And the pictures just really look stunning. And how do you find the, the iPad version? Do you just I don't. It? I don't have an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> At least I do, but I'm ashamed to say I don't really use it. And I'm sure, but I have, I've, it's been demon, I, have see, I have been shown it, and I've been hugely impressed. Hugh wow. is a big iPad user, my co-author. Extraordinary. Mm. Uh, wow. Well, I wish that was around, and I think that the b- people who are studying for exams or just have an interest in cartography in general uh, would be interested in in that. Absolutely, much lighter too. Yeah, and much and much lighter. This book I carried this book from Park Slope to uh, to Bushwick this morning, and uh, it, you know it. it. <laughs> a little cumbersome to read on the subway, but uh, but I know it well, and and uh, I really love it. Um, what are, what are you drinking at home? Uh, what do you have? Everything. A yes, got a couple of little mm. cellars. Um, but I, I I sort of I taste so much for my work. You know, I've just the house is always full of mm-hmm. bottles with you know one sip taken out of them, and about one in thirty is really exciting enough to drink. Um, I, ah, all sorts of things. I, I'm never in a rut. I love the new. I'm always looking for. Um, any new producers, new places, new grapes. Love it. And what are some of the most surprising things that you've learned while researching this book? Um, mm. That's a tricky one. Um, well, it wasn't perhaps so much researching this book as 
the last one, which is American Wine, which in which most of the work was done by Linda Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who would have thought that um, every single state of the Union would have a winery? That uh, in, ni- in the 90s, that seemed pretty unlikely. Of course, what's great about this country is that it's gone from being... Um, judgmental about wine and thinking it was evil to absolutely embracing it and loving it. And perhaps the biggest, biggest surprise is how Asia has embraced wine. Because mm-hmm. when I started writing about wine in the 1970s, I was told there's something about the Asian palate and Asians will never be wine drinkers. How wrong that was. Yes. And... Uh and I mean, certainly, how great does wine go with so many of the various oh, Asian cuisines? Yes, absolutely. How could, how could you deny that? Yeah, exactly. Now, what what tips would you have for someone who's interested in learning more about wine? How do how do you progress? Progress. How do you take information, internalize it, and 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 continue to build on that? Well, you know what, I'm often asked that, and I should say. Read my buy my book. I should say buy my books, visit my website. But actually, what I always say is, if you like wine but want to know a bit more, it, unless you enroll on a course, which is a good thing to do, mm-hmm. establish a relationship with a good local retailer, the same way you would with a local bookseller, and it's very very similar, strong parallels. Tell them what you've liked so far, and it's in their interests to introduce you to something a bit more interesting or something more better value or just lead you along the way a bit. If you don't like what the first retailer you choose suggests, then find somebody else, you know. But I think that is a mutually beneficial relationship that can work really well. Now, I get the feeling that many of our listeners are are in the industry um, and have some experience. If you want to take it from some experience to really, really knowing your stuff... Then ascend the mountain that is the Master of Wine exam, I suppose, which is the Everest of wine education. <laughs> it is It is certainly very challenging. I did that the first one year um, and was recommended to go on to the second. And I said, yeah. I, I had enough. Had enough. That was enough. <laughs> I think my, my friends and family might like to see me occasionally. Yes. Yes. How much how much time does that actually take? Do you, do you get, have a feeling that that might be even more... Um, time-intensive than the, going the Master Sommelier route? Or? I don't know quite enough about the, the MS qualification, although I, some, several of my friends either are MSs or have tried. And, but one friend comes to stay regularly with us when she has taken her MS exams. Um, I um, The trouble is, even with the Master of Wine, I'm not up to speed. I did mm-hmm. it in 1984. I was the first non-trade person to to get the Master of Wine qualification. And it's changed out of all recognition since then, not because they want to make it more difficult, just because the world of wine has become so much more complex. So I, I think I, I did it in, I think I did it in a year, but then it was simpler. And nowadays yeah. they say you have to reckon on a minimum of three years, really. At least, mm. if, if you're really good. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, and one guy managed to pass, I think, in his 12th or 13th year of study. Can you imagine? <laughs> that is dedication. He's dedicated. That is dedication yeah. and passion. Yeah. Um, uh, one last little thing that, that you know, I've, I've always wondered about, and you've, you've mentioned a little bit in your, in your intro, is some of the, the wine labels that you uh, picture in, uh, in the World Atlas. Um, Which was an innovation of Hughes when he first produced the first edition in 1971. No one had reproduced labels in a book before. And now we, well, I... I suggested that we 
the labels should represent wines that we really like and really approve of and or are absolute sort of pinnacles of respectability in you know the the biggies or whatever um but of course there's there's no there's nearly enough room for all the labels that we want so sometimes we'll drop a label from one edition because it's been in the last two and mm-hmm. so no one should feel upset if their label isn't there no yeah. one should rather if you see a label that you don't know uh it means, i like i like to look for it and yeah. and, and go out and try to uh, exactly to search for it uh Jan says, "I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's a great it, pleasure. I'm uh, a, a little starstruck. I can't believe that you're that you are here in front of me, someone who uh, I, I mean, for as as long as I have been reading about wine, I, I've I've n- uh, known about you, and your work has been greatly influential uh, to me. So thank you so so much. Thank you for putting the World Atlas of Wine Seventh Edition out into the world. All of this fantastic information, beautiful photos, beautiful maps." Uh, it is. I think it's going to increase everyone's knowledge about wine. <laughs> You're very kind. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, and before we get going, I do want to mention that this upcoming Sunday, we have our annual charity event um, that the Epicurean Group organizes called Not My Day Job. Um, it's this Sunday from 1 to 5 p.m. You can get your tickets at notmydayjob.eventbrite.com. I will be there along with 28. Eight restaurants. Wow, incredible. Um, and lots of great uh, wines and uh, beer from Captain Lawrence, Greenhook Ginsmiths, uh, lots and lots of great stuff. So hope to see you there. It'll be a day of uh, fun and uh, musical performances. And uh, hope to see you Sunday. All right, that's been it. This has been In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.